welcome to another episode of Prioritize. They accomplish while you drown in lists. It's difficult to juggle your responsibilities. Husband, father, brother. It goes on, but your energy doesn't. You pondering what I'm pondering? Prioritize what's right for you, not what's left behind. This is Prioritize with Toby Baker. You'll have to speak up. I'm wearing a towel. Greetings, folks. Welcome to the program. This is Prioritize. Here we Prioritize faith, family, relationships, and more. I'm your crazy white fat host, the Baker Boy himself. Welcome to the program. Uh, we also have a downloadable podcast on the website, tobybaker.life. That's T-O-B-Y baker.life. Just wanted to hop on here for a few seconds regarding the debt-free process. Uh, a few years ago, I was working in a factory, it's a galvanizing factory, and I came home to my wife of 20 plus years, been together that long. I can't believe she's endured me that long. I'm I'm not an easy guy to deal with. Like when I go to our refrigerator, our boys love having this, they play this little game with me and I don't know why they do it, but I open up the fridge. All of our condiments are facing the wrong direction. Can you explain this to me, please? I look in the fridge. There's, I mean, condiments have a label for a reason, do they not? They are to face out. They're to face front. When you place them in your pantry, obviously there is a correct manner in which they are to be facing. That is, that is outward. That's so that when you or a visitor that is over there to your house while you're cooking, you say, hey, can you please grab the hot sauce? It's in the pantry in the back. I think we're out of it in the fridge. Now, we have a process at our home. I don't know how you do it in your home, but I realized nobody tells me when we're out of something. We could have A1 sauce in the fridge, and I think there's enough in there. I think there's enough hot sauce in the fridge. And then you go to grab it, you're out. Then you go to the pantry, it's not there. So we started buying these things in sets of two. Didn't matter what it was. It could be uh, the Angostura bitters that you use for a nice, a very nice old-fashioned cocktail or ketchup, mustard, relish, pickles, hot sauce, doesn't matter. I'm like, if we're going to be buying this, we're going to be buying a sets of twos because I'm always the last one to find out when you're working on the recipe that you don't have the right ingredients. And then you go back to find the right ingredients and you discover that people are putting them facing the wrong direction. What does this have to do with the debt-free journey? Not a whole lot, actually, but I'm glad that you asked. This way it keeps me on track with where I was actually heading today, which is to talk about debt and cash and cashola. The, the old phrase that cash is king. You ever heard this before? You ever listened to your grandparents talk about cash back in the old days? They weren't carrying around credit cards. What was in their wallet? They would answer cash, not a credit card. Today, credit cards are the most marketed item to the American public in the history of advertising and marketing. I shouldn't have, but I did. I deluded myself. I thought I'm getting one over on Capital One. I'm getting one over on American Express because I'm going to use those doggone points, which I never did. I'm going to use those air miles as soon as we get the money and I find the time. We're going to be taking trips for free. Little did I know the percentage that I was paying far outweighed any kind of minuscule benefits that I would have been reaping from those stupid miles. 
You know who builds those high towers? It's you and me and your neighbors who are using plastic credit cards like money like it's going out of style. I believed and I was deluded and, and, and delusional in thinking, I'm going to use this card just for emergencies. Just for emergencies. It's like playing with fire. Now you tell yourself these things and then you get burnt. And before you know it, you're paying high interest rates. You are helping those people working in those large Capital One buildings buy their third house in Martha's Vineyard and their second Tesla that their brand new 16-year-old daughter is going to drive. Instead of you driving that, it is them. I just heard a statistic today. $550 is the average car payment. That's leveraged. Not, not over three years. No, 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 no. Not, not over three years. Not over four years. No, 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 no. Seven years, ladies and gentlemen. Seven years. Seven years. You're paying somebody else your money that should be going in your pocket, that should be going into your mutual funds. You're handing over your money to Ford Motor Credit, to Toyota Credit, Chevrolet Credit, whatever you know they call their, their credit system. The money is not made on the parking lot. It is made in that little old office they call the financial department. That's when they bleed you dry. And then you wind up borrowing more than you ever thought you ever would. Want to know why there's not a sticker price on the car? Because it doesn't matter anymore. Once they get their claws in you, how much, what, what, what kind of monthly payment can you afford? Oh, well, let me show you this. It's, it's uh, $20 more, but you're going to love it. If you're talking about payments already, you can't afford the car. We didn't find this out until it was too late. So why am I preaching to you? Why am I sharing this with you? Because I'm tired of hearing people just like you and me call into a television program, television show, sorry, a radio show talk program with the Ramsey Solutions people who are helping millions of people just like you and me get out of debt. And that's what I'm going to be doing as a financial coach is helping people just like you and me get out of debt. This isn't a multi-level marketing program. This isn't a get-rich-quick scheme. This is you working your way out of debt the smart way. See, my wife and I, we walked into debt like there was no tomorrow. We got the credit cards for the department stores, and we got the Capital One, and we got the American Express, and we spent money. I mean, we made good money. We spent money beyond that. Why? Because I was stupid and I did stupid with zeros on the end and we paid the price. So I'm working at this factory and Joyce is working in quality assurance and I'm coming home one day after listening to Dave Ramsey and the Ramsey Show. If you're not a Ramsey person and you hate his program, you're not going to like the rest of this talk. And that's okay. Uh, if you've never heard of Dave Ramsey, can I encourage you just to stick around for a few minutes you might actually learn a few things that will help you and your finances. It will help you and your spouse and the next journey ahead. I came home and I said, Joyce, we're working way too hard. We get up way too early to be this broke. We need to stop doing what we're doing, expecting a different result, because that's the sheer definition of insanity. You ever done insanity before, people? <laughs> Your head begins to hurt, or you go completely callous and numb upstairs, and you don't realize it 
10 years have gone by and you're still paying off that same stupid car. So what happens? Well, instead of paying those people the $550, I just listened to a phone call yesterday of a guy who called into the Ramsey show and he says, oh, I made a big mistake. I'm, you're going to kill me. Ramsey's like, I'm not going to shoot you hard, maybe in the leg, but it's going to hurt for a little bit. And then you get over it and we can be friends again. No, he didn't, he didn't say that. He says, you're, you're going to hate me. I'm not going to hate you, he says. You know, you're, you're a grown person. You're making your own decisions. I'm not mad at you. You know, you, you've probably done dumb. I think we've all done dumb. Some of us, like myself, we've done dumb and stupid with zeros on the end of it. We paid a price. They call that stupid tax. He goes on to say, I got a truck payment. Well, how much is a truck payment? $750 a month for six plus years, $750 a month. Do you realize if you invested not 750 or 650, let's go back down to the 550, that somehow we delude ourselves into believing, oh yeah, that's reasonable. $550 instead of paying the banks, instead of paying for that little thing outside on four wheels with which you will be thoroughly tired in a given year. You pay yourself $550 in any one of four mutual funds, that being growth, aggressive growth, growth and in income, or international. You can call a smart person. I'm not that smart of a guy. I'm not a financial advisor. I am sharing with you the journey that Joyce and I took that, that brought us out of brokeism, out of debt, into uh, up to our eyeballs to now paying for a Jamaica vacation for our 25th anniversary last year in cash, straight up cash, not miles, not credit card hotel points. We did not go secure a $10,000 loan to go on this vacation for which we would pay umpteen years. We paid for it in cash. I'm sharing my journey with you, not because I'm proud of the stupidity that I've, I've carried along with me for this long. In fact, I'm very ashamed of it. And I got to face the guy in the mirror that says, you know, we screwed up for a good 20 plus years. Praise God, we changed our life. We changed our family tree. And it's probably even harder teaching our three boys who are fully grown, but are doing better than we did. It's hard to teach them by telling them, hey, this is the way to do it because we showed them the wrong way for 20 plus years. And that's on me. That's on my wife. That's on the two of us together, right? The two shall become one flesh. We are a team, Joyce and I. So we did dumb together. We changed that. We said, we're getting up way too early. <clears throat> we're working way too hard to be way too broke. Let's change it. So we did. We started doing this Ramsey program. This guy drives me nuts. He's got an accent that I can only listen to for so long. And then I'm like, dude, we gotta, you got to put somebody else on. I can't, he's got this twang. It, it used to be far worse. But he's got this Kentucky accent. He's like, uh, you know, folks, we, we got we to gotta change stuff around here. We got to make things better. You, you got you to gotta wake up. You got to wake up and start changing because no one else is going to change it for you except for you. And he's he's right. It's just kind of annoying sometimes when he talks. Fantastic speaker. Love the guy. Uh, and I can't wait to meet him in person. 
At any rate, we said, okay, let's let's try these baby steps that he's talking about. So if you got a pad and paper and a pen, and you better get some coffee or maybe a cup of tea. This is going to take a couple of minutes. Or some better yet, if you have ice cream, like ice cream sandwiches, have two. One for me, because I'm not eating sugar right now, and then one for you. Uh, or if you just want to cut it in half and then eat it later. Have you seen those, uh, the dairy-free ice cream sandwiches? They're, they're much better than what it sounds when you haven't had ice cream in like three months. It actually tastes pretty good because you're like, hey, I'm not eating dairy and I'm not eating sugar, but I'm still having it. You're sort of, you kind of delude yourself into, yes, I'm eating an ice cream sandwich. It's sort of an ice cream. It's not kale, okay? It's not like frozen almond milk wrapped in kale. So it's nothing that bad unless you wrapped it in bacon and then anything wrapped in bacon tastes pretty good. I would get up and go make some bacon right now, but I'm in the middle of a talk, so I have to stay focused, and I'm doing a darn fine job. Do you have your pen and paper handy? Or unless you use like a a quill, you ever used a quill? They're very difficult. I went back to the pen and paper much easier. I have used blood before, like we wrote stuff in blood. Did you ever do it out as a kid? That was a thing way back in the 80s where you make an oath with four buddies that you guys are always going to be friends. And you prick the finger and you're all doing the blood thing, the blood transfusion. We all survived somehow. I don't know. I don't know how that was. But anyway, pen and paper. Here we go. Baby step number one. This is how you get out of debt. This works for millions and millions of people. All right. More than 6 million people have gone through his program, and in less than two years, they've gotten themselves out of debt. I've listened to phone calls of individuals calling up Dave Ramsey and his Dave Ramsey crew saying, we make $150,000, we're $600,000 in debt. That's an average phone call. I've also listened to people calling into his program saying, we make $40,000, we got 200 grand in school debt, how do we get out of here? It's all over the board, people. This does not matter if you're black, white, Hispanic, Asian, BIPOC. It doesn't matter if you're part Italian, part Jewish. It doesn't matter if you're demographic. It doesn't matter about your background because debt doesn't care about any of that. Joyce and I bought our way into debt emotionally, tragically. We're like, oh, we got to do this. Otherwise, you know what? The world's going to end. Ironically enough, the world kept spinning. We kept for 20 years, 20 years, we held on to our school loan debt after we graduated. We put that thing in the forbearance so many times, it's like they knew our name before we even reached the door. How does this happen? Well, it's very simple because We did not prioritize getting out of debt. We did not win with money because we weren't focused on winning with money. We were focused on the immediate. We were focused on, oh my gosh, we got to, you know, I I need a new suit. I need a new tie. We need some new shoes. Baby needs a new pair of shoes. Baby's got to get a hair done. All this baloney. And you know what doesn't help? Flipping through social media, that FOMO, the, the fear it's false evidence appearing real. You understand what I'm saying? It's false evidence appearing real. None of that really matters. When you're scrolling through Instagram, you're like, ah, man, you kind of get that itch. You get that itch. You want to start scratching. 
Like, ah, oh, them shoes look pretty good, and I do have a credit card just burning a hole in my pocket. I swore to myself it was just going to be for emergencies, but my gosh, would you look at these pair of Allen Edmonds? This is an emergency. Did you see what I just found on eBay? I can't let that go. That is too good of a deal. If nothing else, I'll just buy it, and then I'll resell it if I don't like it. And you buy it, and you get it, and then you enjoy it, and then it's done. That whole glimmer of getting that new thing is gone. Oh, I, but I got the points, right? I got the air miles. I'm going to tuck them babies away for a rainy day. I'm going to go flying for free. Do you realize how much you spend in money to get air miles? You believe or delude yourself that you're going to be getting a seat on an airplane for free? <laughs> I lied to myself for so long. I never did take that free flight. <sighs> Baby step number one, folks, is this. Get $1,000. Earn $1,000. Put it away in a savings account that's not directly connected to your checking account. This is not going into your checking account. Do not search the internet for hours and hours and hours on end trying to find the highest paying money market account because it doesn't matter. This is for an emergency. This is not going to be earning 10% over the next two years. Believe me, that money market isn't out there. But when Murphy's Law starts coming, knocking on your door in the dead heat of the summertime and your AC breaks down, oof, that's a bad day. You know what that emergency fund does? It turns that emergency into an inconvenience. How in the world do we get a thousand dollars? Do you have any idea what kind of situation I'm in? Yep, I got a really good idea what situation you're in. You're having car repairs right now. My car is at the shop. You're you're watching and hoping and praying and, and anointing with oil your water heater that it doesn't go bad again. I know how that is because our water heater went out twice in the dead of winter. Fortunately, we had this $1,000 emergency fund set aside. This is not for when you've had a terrible day at the office. You really need a pizza and some Netflix. So you're going to kick up that Netflix account again. You're going to order yourself a pizza because doggone it, you've earned it and you deserve it, right? I'm not saying you didn't earn a pizza, but if you got to dip in your emergency fund to get a pizza, you're not doing it right. Stay out of the emergency fund. That is for emergencies only. The rainy days that grandma talked about, yeah, they're, they're going to come. Now, granted, blessed to be the rain because we need the rain to feed the grass so that that will feed the cows so that the cows will feed Toby. And anyone else who enjoys really good oh, ribeye steak, well-marbled, seasoned, grilling away with a dash of of seasoned salt, maybe a little bit of Worcestershire sauce and some some nice liquid smoke. And then you pull it off and you let it breathe and let it rest a little bit. And then you have your asparagus that were dipped in oil and they were roasting in the oven. Or you could use baking grease too. That's a very lovely, you know, refined ingredient that I use in many of my recipes. And that's for free. I'm not going to charge you for that. Baby step one, folks. You gotta cut up your credit cards. You gotta commit to plastectomy, credit, uh, uh, plastic surgery. You got your thousand dollars set aside, but you cannot hang on to your credit cards. They are too much of a temptation to use. Ah, oh, but I need to get my hair done. 
I got that thing. We got that anniversary coming up. We got that, that reunion coming up. I want to be looking good. I got to go to the mall. Folks, they don't care. If they don't care, they don't matter. Excuse me. I mean, if they do care what you're, what you're wearing, sorry, I said that wrong. If they care more about what you're wearing than the relationship between you, they're not really your friend. That's not a really good family member who says, oh, weren't you just wearing that sweatshirt last week? Yep. Anything else? Psst. Thought you'd have more style than that. Okay. That means that their world is very, very small. Do not let them control you. All right? Don't make them your master. Don't give them your happiness. Don't give them control and give them free rent in your brain for the next days, the next years. For the longest time, I didn't want to post about this stuff because I knew of a couple of cousins who become, they come knocking at the door. Oh, Tobe, can't believe you're doing this, man. You're a real moron. Yep, you're right. You're right. Anything else? Can't believe you're going, you, what in the world were you thinking, man? You're such an idiot. Yep. You know what happened? They actually never came. They never said anything. They're actually bigger people than that for which I gave them credit. Shame on me. But that was kind of our history. We did something dumb. The family members would all hop on you. And I got tired of getting verbally beaten up, man. You know what I'm saying? You ever been there before? You're like, I don't want to post anything. I don't want to say anything. Granted, your journey could probably help hundreds, if not thousands of people, but you're holding back because you know there's going to be those people who are in your life, whom you respect or whom you love or whom, those people to whom you look up that you put on this pedestal and they're going to come and condescend and make fun of you. And because of that fear, false evidence appearing real, Hundreds of people did not hear your story, did not hear about your victory. Man, we got to break through that. You know what I'm saying? We got to bust through this false evidence appearing real. So what? They're going to make fun of me. Maybe that's worth the price of admission so that I can help other people be better, so that I can help them go much farther than I ever did, so that I can help people who were in debt, who were in my situation, or who are there. I can help push them farther. Or maybe I can help those who aren't there yet but are considering to get a bunch of credit cards so they can raise their credit score, so that they can go into debt, so that they can get better credit cards and bigger limits, so that they can raise their credit score, so that they can go into debt. It's the Ouroboros of the credit card system, folks. And all we're doing is giving them our cash. We're signing over the paychecks for which you worked so freaking hard. How early do you get up in the morning to start your day, to begin your life? How long are you at work? How long are you staring at a computer who doesn't love you so that you can go home to people who do care about you and put food on the table? Keep some stuff in the freezer just in case so that you have a pantry so that hopefully those kids who operate the pantry will actually keep those labels facing the right direction. You know what I'm saying? so that you can keep clothes on your back. How long of hours are you putting in to keep the roof over your head? And what do we do still at the end of the week? We're signing away 30%, 50% of our paycheck so we can have a really brand new car in the driveway. 
which I don't know if I ever finished that sentence. I kind of get distracted sometimes. $550 a month being the average amount that people pay every month for their car. If you paid you that in those uh, any of those four mutual funds, growth, growth and income, aggressive growth and international, do that for 20 years, you retire a multimillionaire. Why? Because you're earning 10% year over year on your money. That's your money working for you. That's kind of a shift in how I've always thought of money and working and jobs and careers. I got to go find a really good job so that hopefully it will turn into a really good career where I can make a lot of good money and I'm earning that money. Wait a minute. What if my money was working for me? I'm going to get in I'm I'm going to get into that in baby step 4, 5 and 6. So hang with me if if any of this is still interesting. If you're not interested, hey, I totally get it, all right? Everyone's busy, everyone's got priorities. I might not be one of yours. No problem. Maybe you can catch the replay. As I'll probably be dropping another podcast on our website tobybaker.life uh within the next couple of weeks. We're going to be bringing these out on Mondays. At any rate, you like what you hear? Hey, hang on. Okay, Uh, sometimes I get better. Most of the time I get worse. I'm very sorry for that. Uh, But I am drinking some sparkling water. So it's supposed to help, right? So because I'm not drinking the soda. We we, we got off the soda. We're on this kind of diet journey also where I'm aiming for 200 pounds by June 1st, 2022. This year, I got to keep reminding myself of that this year. And so hopefully that, I don't know, I don't think it helps keep me focused. Never mind. Forget I said anything at all. We're on this debt-free journey, baby step number one. You got your $1,000 set aside. How do you do that? Pick up a paper route. Start delivering pizzas. Pick up Uber and Lyft. Go to the gig economy. I keep hearing left and right how people are making some good money. It may not be career money. It may not be FU money, as the kids say today. But they're picking up good money doing DoorDash uh, doing the other delivery system, I don't think it's just straight Uber Eats, but that's in there. Anyway, I was making between $800 and $1,000 in a week doing uh, Uber and Lyft. And that is how you can make uh, $1,000 setting that aside. When I had the full-time job at the factory, I would come home, wash up, and then go drive for Uber and Lyft. I had a goal. It's $50 every day and then $100 on the weekend. So the first $50 paid for the fuel. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, that's $50, $150, And then another $100 on Saturday, that was $300 a week. Guess how many weeks that took to get to $1,000? You were so good at math. I love that you're in this audience. Yes, and I'm not being demeaning to you. I'm glad because I had had my calculator out to do that. Anyway, yeah, you can, in less than a month, you can get $1,000. There's ways to do it. I've heard of several hundred people making $1,500 a month delivering pizza on the weekends. So you got your main career job, you got your family, and then you're delivering pizzas on the weekend. We're not doing this forever, okay? We're not doing the delivering pizzas. Unless you enjoy delivering pizzas, then deliver pizzas. What do I care? We're not, we're not planning on picking up two and three and four different jobs forever. This is for a short period of time. And I will tell you this, humans have a certain resolve where we can do anything for a short period of time. You get to determine how short or how long that is by your goal setting, by your laser focus. Did you realize this? Laser is a light. Laser is a light. 
Science has devised a way several years ago where they can hone a beam of light so powerful it cuts through skin, it cuts through metal. How do they do that? Because they focus the light. You realize you have the ability to focus something so hard you can make it happen? You can get that $1,000, you can set that into an emergency fund, and then we move on to baby step two. 